Hello there and welcome to our recording of Season 3 of Cobra Kai. I'd like to welcome my special guest host, Domingos. Hi James, finally, we made it work. How are yes. you doing man? I'm doing very well, how are you? I'm cool man, I'm just glad we got through the tech, the tech hiccups and uh, can get on with your show man. Definitely, definitely. Now, just to explain to everybody two things. Um, we had a bit of a problem at the start of the recording where both of us were having trouble to get in, mainly Domingos. So, but we're here now, we're starting to record. The other thing is, people who are listening and who like Cobra Kai, this is going to be a full-on spoiler discussion for Season 3. So, if you have not watched Season 3 yet, Stop the podcast here, go and watch season three, and then come back. I think that's fair, don't you, Domingos? Uh, yeah, um, very advisable. Definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of big spoilers coming. Definitely. <laughs> so we will give you a few seconds. Five. Two. After you watch all season three, then come back and listen to the podcast. Yes. Yes. Okay, so Domingos, are you ready? When you are, Joan. Let's go. Let's get ready to be the best around and dive back into the Cobra Kai universe with season three. Yep. So, Domingos, your first initial thoughts of the season? Man, um, it, I thought the pace was good. Um, obviously, the way season three started, it was a, obviously a, it literally continued from where the last episode ended. Mm-hmm. I think they sort of, there was a bit of a time jump, maybe by like a few weeks, possibly a month. Yeah. After that event, um, and yeah, I just I just thought the progression of the characters was great, and obviously all the different characters were in were all going through their own arcs. So obviously, after the situation of him, Miguel's in hospital, mm. Robbie's on the run uh, from the police. Um, Sam, Sam Larusso, she's going through her own arc with obviously what's happened. She's mm. kind of traumatized. Uh, what happened to Miguel? She feels guilty. Uh, Daniel, his wife, um, even the Miyagi dojo is bit of the name is taking a bit of a battering at the moment. Yeah, Chris is in control of Cobra Kai. In, tw- mm. in the, t- the twisted irony, the, ir- the twisted irony of, of what happened at the end of uh, season two is that in some twisted way, Chris was right. Mm-hmm. As twisted as as much you don't want to say what he was, but because of because. Because of John, because Johnny, because of Johnny, Johnny meant well, but I think the problem with Johnny was that he didn't fully believe in his own, on his own teaching. So he was, um, yeah, he, he, he was going, he was going back and forth. He didn't have clarity. So mm. there was lack of clarity in the way that sort of affected Miguel and got him in a situation, unfortunately. So, Definitely. But it's obviously so Crease of you, John Crease has used that to his advantage to get the students on his side and mm-hmm. obviously taking over Cobra Kai and Johnny's sort of in a bit of a wreck at the moment. And um, yeah, a lot of people are not in good places at the moment. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And, you know, it's it was interesting dealing with that fallout from season two because where we see the characters here, you know, you can understand why a lot of them take the arcs that they do throughout this season. And for me personally, I thought the two best arcs of the season was Daniel and Sam. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, in some weird way, I almost, I almost thought felt like it was almost like a um, a yin and yang in arcs. Mm, you got Johnny definitely. and Miguel yeah. going through and, kind of more of the, the physical ramifications of it. Yeah, and it was and, nice to see their father son relationship. Exactly. Season. Exactly, and obviously the guilt of Johnny, and then then Daniel going through that in a way with his daughter, but. Now Daniel's trying to find himself, but his daughter's going through her own traumatic um, mm. thing. And it's and it but what made it powerful, it was the opposite, because obviously you got Daniel's like the sensei to Sam, right? But Sam's mm-hmm. going through a PTSD, more of a mental yeah. impact, and Miguel's going through the physical impact of it. So they're yeah. mirrors of each other. Or same with Johnny and Daniel. Definitely, which is why, you know, spoilers here, but by the end of the season. It's nice to see Miguel and Sam back together, but this time as a bit of a stronger couple. Yeah, because experience, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And in my opinion, I'm just going to say this right now, whereas the first two seasons, you could tell that they had a bit of a YouTube budget behind it. Um, Season three felt more like a Netflix show. Yeah, I I see what you mean, yeah, because this thing... even though I know when they were filming it, it was kind of the YouTube, but then Netflix took over. But I believe, yeah, it just the scope seems bigger. And even the way the cinematography is, it sort of it suits Netflix, the way yeah. it's filmed and and um, and just how the how the how it's filmed and the images and everything. And it does look it is a much a bigger budget. Obviously, you can tell bigger characters, bigger set pieces. Um, but yeah, and and I loved. And obviously, you can see that with you talking to the budget, you can see that with the flashbacks mm, going to the different periods, which is fascinating definitely. and, and cool. so many red herrings during those flashbacks. Like, mm-hmm. kudos to Jesse Cove for, you know, coming in in his first scene and everyone thinking that that was going to be Crease. And then it turns out to be the bus boy who doesn't look a thing like John Crease at all. No, yeah, a little little red herring there. I like that. Mm. For all you don't know, that is Martin Cove's younger son, who's also a young actor, um, mm. that played the, <laughs> the the bully of the of John Crease. The irony of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who'd have thought? But then again, they always say that bullying always stems from somewhere. It stems from some sort of tra- traumatic experience that has happened in a person's life that makes them want to then pick on the weak. Yeah. It's it's funny because if you actually look at Miyagi and Kreese's mm. background, their tragedies are very similar. Yeah. The only difference but is... Whereas, yeah, go ahead, James. Yeah, sorry, but whereas Kreese went one way, Miyagi went the other way. Yeah. yeah I don't want to... Um, I guess it's like the old... Um, the, are you is that the old start like the, the old kind of a Star Wars thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you kind of feel that, in a way, I suppose it's kind of like the Anakin and Luke scenario. Anakin was offered all these temptations of the dark side and took them. Luke was offered those very same temptations and avoided them. Yes. Um... And. And also, I feel like another great red herring in the in the flashbacks was everyone thinking that the young guy with the slit back black hair was Terry Silver. Yeah. And 
them teasing that throughout the season. Then all of a sudden he dies. He like, well, wait a second, that must not be Silver. And then it turns out to be this little weakling guy who you would have never suspected. Well, for everybody to get the references and things like that, they need to watch all the Karate Kid films. Not definitely. Don't try not to skip because it will make no sense to you. Do watch Very the films, true. then you'll make the film. Don't just skip to the last episode of season three. No. <laughs> I've seen some people do yeah. <laughs> online. The... <laughs> Actually watch it, <laughs> then it'll make, make complete sense to you. Yeah, this is the one thing that I really liked about Cobra Kai, is the fact that it's made all the sequels canon. There is not one thing in those movies that's considered too bad for them to not bother with anymore. Yeah, like I said, it's um, like I've written um, well, like I've written an article a while back. Mm-hmm. It's like it's basically like Rocky, like all the Rocky yeah. from the canon. So the Rocky universe is continuing just for a different point of view. <laughs> and and, mm. and like I said, the one the one thing they have in common, they're both directed by one man, John G. Avildsen, who set yes. that tone and has been carried forward, you know, respectfully Definitely. and greatly by Josh, John, and Hayden. You know. Definitely, definitely. And if those three writers ever listen to this podcast, it would be an honour to get them on this show, even though I I doubt that will happen, but it would be nice uh, uh, if it did. Oh, no, they, they listen to their fans, James. Trust yeah. me on that. They're very, uh, very... That's one thing I like about the Cobra Kai cast as well. They're very engaging, genuinely. Definitely. Not, not disingenuous, genuine engage with their people, generally happy to be there, generally engage. I've seen them do um, interviews with young, smaller um, media outlets, um, independent, online, on YouTube, big or small, you know, they appreciate Mm -hmm. the people that supported the show in the beginning, you know? Definitely. And I've got, and I I respect them even more for that, so. Yeah, I mean, I just saw Ralph Macchio on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. He actually went into the studio mm. to um, record an interview with him and he even said to Jimmy Fallon, he's so thankful for the people who have been there since day one and supported the show when it was on YouTube and trying to get their friends interested in it. And um, I still remember the first time you and I met, the one thing we bonded over was this little YouTube show that not too many knew about called Cobra Kai. And now... Since the show's been on Netflix, it's like it's just exploded into this new popularity. I know exactly. Um, I'm still in the middle, just finishing off the short review without trying to give spoilers. I'm trying not to give spoilers when I'm writing this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the spoilers are going to be given away here. But no, I totally agree. It's um, it's taken it to that next level, isn't it? Definitely, uh, definitely. And of course, we can't discuss season three without discussing returning characters from the Karate Kid universe. We will get to that specific person that name ends with an I Mm -hmm. in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about Daniel's trip to Okinawa Mm -hmm. in episodes four and five. Yeah. And seeing the return of Kumiko and Chosen. Yep. He's, um, you know, his ex-girlfriend and one of his loves in his young days. And he's one of his arch nemesis. (laughs) <laughs> you had quite yes. a few. Um, the the um, name of chosen, and that was yeah. great because it showed, and it, it emphasised what I liked about this. You got the it went deep into the origin stories, deeper of Miyagi mm. though, 
the martial art, and you go into the origin story and of um obviously as you go into the origin story of Cobra Kai, and you see Definitely. how dope their the structures and the teachings were created, mm. and so forth. And it's fascinating. Like I said, the yin and yang. It's just perspective, isn't it? Definitely. And I honestly feel like this show has really gained such an incredible legacy of its own. And, I mean, it reminds me a lot in similar ways to Arrow's legacy, to Buffy's legacy. Mm. You know, the way how those shows are still going to be talked about and still are in 10, 20 years, Mm. I have a feeling that Cobra Kai is going to have as big a legacy as the movies. Uh, like I said, I've said it so many times. I've written about it. You talked about it on, the, on your podcast before already. We mentioned it, Ben. This, along with Creed, how you do, you know, relaunch um, mm-hmm. franchises and do it properly. Mm. In, how you embrace what you've done before, you respect it, and you bring it on. But you do it in, in this way. There's so many franchises that still don't get it. Like it's almost like they're. Mm they're hitting their head against a wall because it comes across as disingenuous. I agree. I mean, you look at the, the last three Star Wars films and... Oh, I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) I'll let you talk. No, we're not. We're going to keep this discussion primarily Cobra Kai, but I'm just going to mention it briefly, (laughs) you know, but then of course you look at a show like the Mandalorian Mm. that has carried on the Star Wars legacy in the right way. Mm. Because in season one, you built that universe, you built the characters from the ground up, gave people, you know, a little glimpse into the Jedi side of things, but mainly kept it as a space western, which is what Star Wars always was in the beginning. And then you finally get to season two and it's like, let's just have fun with this. And of course, you know, same thing with Cobra Kai. You've took two seasons to build your universe, yep. introduce characters gradually, mm-hmm. and now in season three, it's like, okay, let's give Daniel a genuine story reason to go to Japan and Okinawa. And for those of you who have seen it, we all know that Daniel goes there to try and save his business Yes, with a company named Doyona. And then, of course, the meeting doesn't go so well, so he decides to take a trip over the pond, if you will, to Okinawa. And I don't know about you, pal, but I fell in love with that country all over again. Oh, yeah, the way the way they... The photography, the set pieces... Um, yeah. I'm not sure if they actually went to Japan for a bit, you know? I'm not sure. They did, because, actually. Because... They actually filmed in Okinawa. For a bit, isn't it? Not for all of it, but some of it, right? Because, yeah, for some of it, they filmed in Okinawa. Yeah, because and, yeah, because Ralph Macho mentioned the interview. I was thinking, did they actually go? I wasn't sure. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, they actually got to go and film in Okinawa, which I thought was absolutely incredible. And who would have thought that things would have turned out the way they did with Chosen after their fight? You honestly was like, wait a second, is Chosen going to do the exact same thing to him that Daniel did to? Chosen at the end of the second film. Well, James, it's what's, that's what's um, called character development. Definitely. And I kind of feel like Chosen finally got a closure yes. of his character. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see him and Daniel finally become friends. And in a way, it kind of feels like Chosen, 
He's not trying to replace Mr. Miyagi, because mm. let's face it, no one ever could. In my opinion, he will always be the greatest movie teacher of all time. Mm. And But Chosen seemed to honour that legacy and take on that Miyagi figure for Daniel. You know what? It's funny. It's almost like the spirit of Mr. Miyagi was caught in different people. So you had a bit of uh, Kumiko was giving him advice, um, Chosen. And then, it's almost like they were telling him because the ironic thing is, is that Kumiko and Chosen had moved on from the past yeah. more than Daniel has. He had to actually let go yeah. of stuff. So it taught yeah. him to you need to let go for the greater good. Definitely. Which is what leads him, I think, into the season finale when him and Johnny finally put aside their differences and decide to start teaching their own class. Mm together ready for the tournament but that's slowly tripping into next season uh, let's just talk about the red herrings that they gave for Ali's return mm. and you can tell that John, Josh and Hayden all listened to the fans because of the fan theories that they were given that Ali was going to be the doctor that would perform Miguel's surgery now of course story wise to you does that make sense um they they could have done it, but isn't Ali a sort of different kind of doctor? She is. As far as I know, she's a paediatrician. So why would she be the one performing Miguel's surgery? Exactly. Now, no. but thankfully, you know, they turned that blonde-haired woman around. And I remember first time I watched it being so disappointed because I thought, oh, okay, maybe Ali isn't going to show up this season. But then you see the friend request that Johnny accepts. You see all those recent photos and they keep dropping hints throughout the season until the camera finally pans onto it. And to be honest, that was the best surprise of the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way she came in was just at the right time. They didn't drop us too quickly. It just, you had, like, they did it in a way where all the characters got enough screen time and enough um, storytelling. And, um, and and that's what I I, I liked, you know. It, like I said, it was it was Definitely. showing the different points of view. Um, you're going back. Daniel was going back to past of Miyagi doing himself, crease. You're mm-hmm. dovetailing crease the origins of crease to the to the current how Cobra Kai got to what it was, and it yeah. was almost it, it was almost how crease went one way, and these other guys, Daniel, Johnny, were going different way. It's almost I almost felt like you got more, not just Johnny. But you've got more story with Chris, Johnny, and uh, and Daniel. They've got a lot of story. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like Hawk Eli went through the biggest arc this yes. season. Yes, he was fighting because, within himself a lot. Yeah, and he kind of took himself to the darkest depths that you can take. A we character. talked about this, didn't we? We we just say you know he's going to go. If there's one guy's going to go to the dark side. It'll be him and Tori, they're the two that could go on the edge, especially him, because they have certain parts, they shall have a lot of anger and fire in them already. Mm, definitely. And of course, you know, let's just throw this out there, but how geniusly funny is Johnny's new karate school name? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Eagle, Eagle Fang Karate. So 80s, it's isn't it? Like, Jesus Lord. Yeah, yeah, and... <laughs> To me, to me, with this season, 
it, like I said, it had so many emotions in it. And of course, going back to the Okinawa thing, that final letter that Kumiko reads that Mr. Miyagi sent to UKA, I don't know about you, but I kind of felt what Daniel was going through at that point. Of and, and how, you know, he did describe himself that he always felt like a father figure to Mr. Miyagi and a grandfather to Sam. Yeah. And, and, and I think Daniel as well, he was trying to find balance. That's what Daniel, that's what he's been trying to find. He's been trying to find a, the, few, the balance and it's taken him a while. And, and the ironic thing is that Johnny bringing back Cobra Kai and everything like that actually helped him go on the path to find the balance. Definitely. Ironically, in some twisted way, they actually need each other. That make that makes sense. It's almost like the the yin and the yang. You can't have one without the other. They drive each other. Exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, it's like they know that they don't really like each other, even though they they try their best to. It's because because but... they never see each other's point of view. That's why. No, no. Whereas it's a lot easier to see Chosen's point of view. Because, you know, after everything that happened with his uncle, he must have thought to himself, wow, Daniel could have killed me, but he decided not to. There's got to be a reason for that. And exactly. And even think, and even Johnny, you see, and uh, as well, Daniel, that's his arch nemesis, and he's helping his son. He's looking after him like his own, yeah. one of his own. Like that, you've got to think about that. Yeah. Like, you know, Johnny, Daniel exactly. doesn't need to do any of that, but he's doing it. No. And then even Daniel's looking at no. Johnny's like, so it, it took a while for Daniel to fully understand what, what is Johnny, this guy, doing. But then even he's seen that Johnny yeah. is trying to change, even though he does a lot of mistakes. Definitely. But he's actually a good, when you actually go underneath it, he's not a bad kid. Even even with some of the stuff he was he's... doing, even in the first one. I even watched it again, yeah. the Karate Kid, the original one. Uh-huh. And, I, and I was watching it. There, obviously, there's a certain scene there they went, a bit over the top and stuff. But I don't think he was never an evil kid. It was his teachings. No. It was the teachings Definitely. of Chris has always been the puppet master. Yes. And like even like even though obviously in the third film it was like, oh, Chris has got an even bigger puppet master with Silver, to be honest, I don't think so. I think Silver has always been the one who's looked up to Chris. Yeah. And you know. In my opinion, oh, let's just talk about that phone call for a second in the final oh, episode. Before, before we jump on that one, I just want to talk, talk about, you know, Hawk, the Arca Hawk. Yes. Because if you notice, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. You remember the when Kreese was talking to him about the enemy of my enemy is my friend and so forth like that. Yeah. Now, Hawk starts off as him and Tori, they're the, the leaders, and he's like, become taking responsibility, right? Then after what happened with him last season, he goes on a tear. Like he's even he's fighting. You can say he's. I don't think he loses to anyone this season. Actually, he loses with everybody. And one of the most powerful scenes. There's two scenes that really stand out for me. There's three scenes. The one when he with Dimitri when he hurt Dimitri with the arm, Mm -hmm. and he instantly regretted. He didn't want it, but he felt under pressure, and he was not happy about doing it. Then the other one is when Kyla and Brooks from the, the old bullying gang, they used to bully him and Dimitri and, and Miguel were there. And when he gets in the ring with Brooke and Chris knows, basically Chris orchestrated it. He knows what he was doing. 
and he absolutely oh, yeah. levers him, takes him apart, right? And he doesn't even break yeah. sweat. Now, a lot of people were saying, oh, why didn't he do it to Carla? No, do I looked at it this way. The fact that he beat down Carla's mate in front of him and in Carla's face of fear yeah. was more powerful than him even laying a finger of Carla. Because after that, Carla was... Hawk was in charge. He was... Like, Idi yeah. Carla didn't even step to him ever again. That was exactly. much more powerful. And then the other one is, Definitely. at the end, when he, he turns, when they're having the battle in the house, and he turns on, um, he, he goes back to Dimitri and Miguel and helps him. And that, there's that one entrance yeah. when he says, Creed says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Because when, when Robbie goes, he, um, Hawk is looking at himself thinking, wait a minute, I'm surrounded by enemies. Like, yeah. Robbie's not my mate. Um, Kyle is not my mate. Why, why am I with these guys? Yeah. Boom. And same with Tori as well. I mean, you know, the only reason why Hawk supported Tori was because she was dating Miguel exactly. at the time. And now she's not. So and... he did, they're all, he's surrounding my enemies. And his friend on the other yeah. side, he's like, what is he doing? And then he finds his moral compass. And then he's he sort of becomes one with his old ego, isn't he? Eli and Hawk exactly. are meshed together, finally. Yeah. Definitely. And the, the fact he apologises to Dimitri for everything he's put him t- through, I thought was amazing. Because now, of course, earlier on in the season, uh, for those of you who have seen it, the ultimate breaking point, literally for Hawk, is when he breaks Dimitri's yeah, arm. Yeah, I was shocked, man. I was like, whoa, I didn't think they would go there. So, no, me either. But in a way, it showed you like instantly okay, he's now took things as far as they're going to go. Without killing someone, there's not much further for him to go. Yeah. So let's start dialing him back to being Eli again. Yeah. And in my opinion, you know, the I think also the thing that got to him was those words that Johnny said to him. And, you know, just the fact that you know, all these characters ended up in completely different places. In my opinion, by the end of season three, you didn't have a clue where it was going to end. Yeah, that's true. Which is great. And yeah, and let's just talk about that last episode of the season for a few minutes. Um, gosh, it was like, okay, how can we do something crazier than the school fight? Let's break into the LaRusso's house and have an all-out brawl. They need better security, uh, Daniel. <laughs> He's a yeah. multi-millionaire, isn't he? So I think he'd have full better security. Yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> exactly. And you would have and you would have thought that um like, you know, Daniel would have had some sort of ping on his phone to say, Hey, your house is being <laughs> attacked yeah, right yeah. now. And you know. But um Honestly, what an incredible way to end the season! And it, and and you know what it was quite? It was kind of weird. It's almost like it's almost the dynamics started going back mm. to the original forms, but in a different point of view. You know, with Hawk, yeah, and 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 Dimitri and Miguel and him and Sam and Miguel fighting together. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was and, amazing. And obviously Miguel not being a hundred percent, but showing how what he's like, you know, that he was the first fighter that was trained, Johnny's best student, mm-hmm. and him and Hulk. That's just going to be really cool. And I, I love him and Hulk together. And what I loved, and definitely, what, and what I loved as well was such powerful. You know, the PTSD with Sam. 
that was our respect to the yeah. mental health. And like, I was like, wow, they really went deep with that. Definitely. And to be honest, again, that was one of the best arcs of the season for me. Awesome. Was seeing, was seeing Sam deal with that because, you know, I you know, I have a few friends that have been through very similar traumatic experiences like that. And the one thing that frustrates them is that it's never talked yeah. about. And so it's so nice to, you know, see it portrayed in a in a good way. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion. And to be fair, you know, I think we have got a solid battleground, if you will, now for the start of season four. Now, do you think they're gonna do the thing where they did in the movie where no one's no one does anything until the tournament sort of thing? I think so because that seemed to be Crease's bargain before jail card. What before Daniel, Daniel yeah. and Johnny were actually going to absolutely finish him? I was like, "Whoa, this is getting yeah. dark." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we've got to talk about that. Those Miyagido pressure points. I think for years people have wanted a new like crane move or a new drum move, and for me, those Miyagido pressure points was the new crane. Like, I can see that catching on almost as big as the crane, if mm. you will, or the drum technique. And obviously, you know, I know a lot of people talk about the cutter from Karate Kid 3 as well. Like, who would have thought a cutter would have won a tournament? <laughs> well, well, the thing with the pressure points, anybody knows martial arts, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they exaggerate certain things for TV and movies and so forth. But the pressure... They, yeah. It's a lot of biology, biology involved in the martial arts, right? It's about the body Definitely. and body mechanics. There's certain parts of the body that can take a person down. It doesn't matter how big they are, how strong they are. If you mm-hmm. attack certain points with someone's body, you know, you'll take them down if you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. So, um, but like, like, I loved how they did it on camera and the fact that Miyagi, Johnny didn't realise that Daniel was like, oh, I didn't know that. So when you know when Chosen said, maybe he didn't tell you because he didn't think you were ready, or didn't think you were capable. Mm. How do, what do you think of it? What, what was your what's your answer there? Do you reckon? Yeah. What do you reckon? I, Miyagi didn't show him that stuff. I think because he knew that Daniel was capable of going over to Cobra Kai, especially when he did in that third film. So he always had that wow. dark edge about. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. And so I think Miyagi must have thought, hang on a second, I'm trying to teach him the opposite mm-hmm. of this. If I teach him how to do those pressure points before he's mm. ready, it's going to lead him over to that dark side and give the enemy a, an upper hand, basically. Yeah. So I think they played it very smartly. Yeah, that's true. Very smartly with this with this season. And, you know, like I've said, at the end when crease makes that call you know he's calling silver because deep down he knows he's in trouble oh yeah he of course he knows he knows he can't yeah he can't do it by himself no more man no so again there is going to be a story purpose for thomas ian griffiths to return Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are wondering if jessica is going to return but i think personally story-wise her character is someone that wouldn't make, doesn't make sense. sense. To yes, her. that's true. This doesn't make it. It doesn't fit the narrative. What narrative would you have? No. Um, you know. Uh, 
No. Although I'm going to call it now, and John, Josh, and Hayden, Ralph, William, if any of you are listening to this, um, I'm just calling this now season four. I think when Daniel gets wind that Crease has called in Terry Silver, he's going to call in Hilary Swank, Julie Pierce. Mm. Miyagi-Do's other long-term uh, student. She'll, she'll, she'll turn up at a point for maybe a, like a yeah. small couple episodes or something like that, just to assist. Yeah. Yeah, to help the students understand what Daniel's trying to go on about, because I always felt that when... I mean, next Karate Kid, let's face it, it's not the best of films, but I always felt that Julie had a clearer head than what Daniel did once she'd been taught Miyagi's ways. Yeah. And she's always had that clear-headedness well, about her in well, every role Well, the thing played. is, because actually, if you actually look at the story, she actually knew a bit a bit already. Remember, her grandfather used to teach her stuff yeah. because Miyagi, didn't Miyagi teach him some Miyagi-Do when they were in the army together? Yeah. Yeah. So, but she stopped, but she, but she knew certain things. And Miyagi, oh my gosh, she's got a lot of potential yeah. already. So, which is what established their relationship. And he taught her different things. stuff, you remember, than what Daniel. Yeah, exactly. Because he had to adapt his teaching to teach a woman, and that made perfect sense to mm. me. What, now, you mean like... I mean, I will say this. I will say this. Okay, yes, next Karate Kid isn't the best of films, but the fact you still get that Miyagi wisdom in there, and Pat Morita, by that point, is just playing the role to the best of his ability, mm. in my opinion. So, what are your final thoughts on Cobra Kai season three? I know, it, it, yeah, that that see the fact the last episode was what I enjoyed was the back and forth, the the flashbacks because you know when Johnny yeah. is fighting Crease, he's like the two chart, the former student and the master, and then you're flashing mm. back to his captain. And Kree's fighting kind of to the death. I know how they're doing the back, they're going back and forth, back and forth. Now, Kree didn't show mercy mm. to his captain, but Johnny kind of did. True. You see? Yeah. Because, Definitely. because like, you're showing Kree when he was young, then you're showing Johnny going up against him, and Johnny sort of was in a place where he understood himself. Kree was just, oh God, he just wasn't ready. And he just done things no. out of anger and stuff like that. Like that, got the he went to the dark side, yeah. Um, basically, and that's what it reminded me so much of Return of the Jedi. You know that scene with Robbie mm. and Kreese and Johnny, Darth Vader, the Emperor, and Luke. And is yeah. I mean, who would have thought that you know Robbie would have took the arc that he did this season, considering that they had built his character up so much during seasons one and two to go from being the rough kid to the You know good what? Guy. I think they put they were putting breadcrumbs of that as well. Mm-hmm. And definitely. You always knew he could turn yeah. to the other side if given the right and, and as well and the way that I always felt like the way the people as well, especially with the fans like myself, I'm a Miguel, I love Miguel and Hawk and stuff, right? And mm-hmm. the way they built, especially yeah. Miguel, he's like the people's trap. And the way they've written Miguel being empathy. Miguel was like the ultimate karate kid. He's like, he's. I look at when I look at Miguel's almost like Johnny, the best of Johnny, and the best mm-hmm. of Daniel, all put together. 
Definitely. He's, like, that's, he's the best Definitely. of both worlds. That's what I feel is going to happen now. And then Robbie had that potential, but they just thought, nah, no, it just, it just didn't fit. It just didn't, it was inevitable he was no. going to go to the dark side. It wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when and how it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, this season had the highest stakes biggest set pieces, the biggest fallout from a previous season mm. as well. And you know, for me, this was the best season of Cobra Kai. And I am intrigued to see where they're going to take things with season four. Um, yeah, I, I, exactly. I'm, I'm intrigued because so is this still Eagle Fang? Are they one dojo or are they mixed? Because remember when old Dimitri were do, doing a talking about, are we going to have the gear designs and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. Thinking, huh? So are they bec- are they joining as one now, or they might be, they might be. And I, for one, am really looking forward to seeing what happens. And you know, I think that again, this show is just so perfectly crafted, and they've brought back the right people at the right perfect, time. Perfect sentence you put there, James. Right time, right people at the right time. Definitely, definitely. So that is going to wrap things up for our spoiler discussion on and review of Cobra Kai Season 3. Thank you to you again, Domingos, for joining me. Where can people find uh, you? You can find me, I've, I've written stuff on the Hollywood News Source um, website. Uh, I've written things on there, you can find me on there. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Domingos, at Domingos Sunday Film Club. And Hollywood News Source website. Just look up Ream articles and stuff like that. And I've done a few podcasts. There. Awesome. That's where you can find me, James. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining, Domingos. And of course, people, you can find me on all the usual social medias. Thank you very much for listening, Domingos. Thank you oh, very pleasure. much for joining. And remember, Cobra Never Kai. dies. <laughs> you know. Take care, everybody. And enjoy yeah, the sure. No mercy day. to 2021, guys. Be safe out there. Bye. Exactly. Bye.